Shalom and thank you for clicking to listen to one of our audio messages. At Tikvat David, we are building a Yeshua-centered Judaism for Israel and the nations. We hope that this message will encourage, inform, and inspire you to follow Yeshua and to walk in the pathways of Torah. Enjoy. So I'd like to begin part three of our series today, uh, this series that we're calling the Holy Spirit from a Messianic Jewish Perspective. I want to begin by once again highlighting what Boaz Michael calls the three-legged table. Uh, Boaz says that there are three main components which comprise the Messianic era and indicate that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And and as he says, these things form sort of a holy trinity, as it were. So the three-legged table consists of the Torah, the Spirit, and the Gospel. Boaz says this, quote, I believe we need all three of these. It's like a three-legged table. If you take one of these three legs away, it's not going to work. It's going to tip over, end of quote. So I would say that within both Christianity and Messianic Judaism, there's often at least one leg missing. Uh, So without us beating ourselves up or anyone else, I want to ask some honest questions as we're thinking about Messianic Judaism. Which leg of those three do you think is frequently missing? And how about if we think about Christianity? Uh, Which leg is frequently missing? The Torah? Spirit? The Gospel? It's an important question to ask, I think, and, and to consider. I'll share another quote from Boaz that I think is important to consider kind of his answer to the question. He says, quote, the church has the Holy Spirit leg and the church has the gospel leg, or at least part of the gospel leg, but it's missing the Torah leg. In Messianic Judaism, maybe we, ha- maybe we have the spirit and the Torah leg, but we don't use them together. And I'm not sure we have the gospel leg all the time either, end of quote. So I think that's an important critique from Boaz. If we want to function as a full and balanced kingdom community, which of course we want to do uh, here at Tikvat David and in broader Messianic Judaism, then we really need all three legs of the table. Here's just one last quote from Boaz, and this expresses not only my heart for this series, but for our synagogue and our movement in the years to come. Quote, so let's get Pentecostal. Let's make sure that we have all three of these foundational pillars in place, the spirit, the Torah, and the gospel. I think that's really what we need to pursue at Tikvat Devi. My hope and prayer is that this series is going to help us and that Hashem will bless us with more uh, of each of these kingdom components and just greater balance. Well, a critical intersection of these three kingdom components, this three-legged table, as it were, Torah, spirit, gospel, this intersection of all three occurred at a very famous moment in the book of Acts. Of course, I'm referring to Acts 2 and that famous Pentecost or Shavuot in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit descended in a unique way on the disciples who were gathered. So today I want to discuss what really took place in that special Shavuot in Acts 2. Of course, there's uh, you, you've probably heard it taught, preached, maybe taught it yourself before, but I think most commentary traditions and most teachings of Acts 2 don't really, I think, give a full consideration to the Jewish context. So we're going to look at an excerpt from Acts 2, but before we do, um, before I share my thoughts, you know, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? You know, what have you learned through the years, uh, you know, as far as what was really happening in Acts 2? Maybe you've heard it was the birth of the church, or maybe it was, it, you heard it was when the Holy Spirit came. Um, so these are, you know, again, th- those answers aren't necessarily wrong, but I think that they are oversimplifications of what was going on there. So let's read a little bit of Acts 2, and we'll discuss it a little further. So uh, beginning in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost, which of course is the Greek term for the Hebrew Shavuot, 
when Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belong to Cyrene and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They're filled with new wine. Okay, so that's Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. We're going to stop there. But it's important to note that Peter does go on to give a speech right after that point in the uh, text. And essentially, he says that what was happening was according to prophetic expectation. That's where he goes and he quotes Joel chapter 2 and other texts to root their experience within the realm of messianic realities. And we'll come back to the Joel 2 text shortly. But very importantly, there is a massive historical and prophetic feature to Pentecost and Shavuot that is not explicitly stated in Acts chapter 2. But in recent times, and with the emergence of a messianic viewpoint of the scriptures, more people are now aware of this historical and biblical feature. I'm referring to the fact that the Holy Spirit was given in Acts 2 on Shavuot, and Shavuot was the day that the Torah was given on Mount Sinai. Now, I must say, my timing would have been perfect uh, if we could have, or if I could have, uh, had this discussion last week when we were in Parsha Yitro, uh, which is, of course, when the Torah, the Ten Commandments, was given on Mount Sinai, but I couldn't quite synchronize my content to make that work, but oh well, here we are, one week later. So, one of my premises for this series, and a premise which I think most of you listening probably share, if you don't, that is fine, but one of my premises is that the Torah and the Holy Spirit work together and not in competition. And so the fact that this unique manifestation of the Spirit in Acts 2 took place in Shavuot, the very day that the Torah was given on Mount Sinai, that's a pretty big deal. And I think this historical reality has tremendous meaning. So I want to look at some parallel features between the text in Acts 2 and Acts 19. But before I do, uh, what, what do you know about these texts? What, what are some of the parallels as you maybe have studied? Maybe you're not, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but... You know, any parallels come to mind between what took place when the Torah was given in Acts 19 and 20 and what took place when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2? Well, in Exodus 20, verse 15, in a Jewish, uh, it, it, the rendering is in it from a Jewish Bible. It's a fascinating verse. It says, And all the people saw the voices and the torches the sound of the shofar and the smoking mountain, the people saw and trembled, so they stood from afar. So the Hebrew in that first phrase is the Choha'am Re'im et Hakolot. So the Torah literally says that the people saw the voices at Mount Sinai. Saw voices? How do you see voices? So of course, this caught the attention of commentators and raised the question of. How do you see voices? Well, the Talmud and other sources understand the voices actually is referring to different languages going forth on Mount Sinai when the Torah is given. The Talmud says the disciples of Rabbi Ishmael taught that the verse and like a hammer which shatters a rock 
means that just as a hammer is divided into many sparks, so to every single word that went forth from the Holy One, blessed be he, at Sinai, split into 70 language. That's Talmud Tractate Shabbat. So in Jewish tradition, we have 70 languages going forth from Mount Sinai when the Torah was given. Exodus 20 also said there were torches, fire, smoke, the sound of the shofar. Now when we compare that scene to the scene in Acts 2, there are some strong connections. Specifically, Acts 2 describes the following. It says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here's the question. Okay, we can see that there are parallels between Acts 2 and the giving of the Torah on Sinai. And we've already noted that. But what does it mean? What's the significance of this? Well, again, I want to quote a statement from Boaz in his article, Let's Get Pentecostal from the Book Gifts of the Spirit. Boaz says this. I think it's spot on. Speaking of these parallels, Boaz says, quote, what does it all mean? It means that the disciples of Yeshua experienced the day of Pentecost as a second giving of the Torah. They knew the rabbinic legends about the words of fire dividing into 70 languages as they left the mouth of God. They knew the story of God's voice speaking to all mankind in every tongue. Those legends gave significance to the miracles and signs and wonders they experienced on Shavuot, the anniversary of the giving of the Torah. The tongues of fire and utterances in every tongue pointed directly to the Mount Sinai experience and underscored a connection between his Holy Spirit and his Holy Torah. And a quote from Boaz. In other words, that particular Shavuot, 50 days after Yeshua's death, was a bridge between the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Spirit. That moment unleashed the days that the prophet spoke of when Hashem would pour out his Spirit in an unprecedented way. And that pouring out of the Spirit would enable an unprecedented level of Torah observance. Acts 2 was the unveiling of what God promised in Ezekiel 36, verse 27, which we looked at last week, which says, And I will pour my, I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The Acts 2 Shavuot moment also connects to the promise of the new covenant found in Jeremiah 31. Let's read that text and think about how it connects here. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, a brit chadashah, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, although I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my Torah within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Do you see any connection between Acts 2 and this new covenant text in Jeremiah? Well, here's a connection I see. In verse 33, when God promises to put his Torah within them and write it on their hearts, I see this as a connection to what's happening in Acts 2. And this relates to Ezekiel 36, verse 27. Also, the Holy Spirit empowers the disciple of Yeshua within and on their hearts. But what the Holy Spirit empowers is not to throw off the Torah, but to keep it better than ever before. So Acts 2 is a watershed moment. In light of Yeshua's death and resurrection, the promise of the Holy Spirit is poured out and poured within the disciples of Yeshua. And this watershed moment happens fittingly at Shavuot. That's why I said at the beginning that Acts 2 is a point where the three-legged tables on display. There, we have the gospel, 
we have the Holy Spirit, and we have the Torah working together on that beautiful, amazing day of Shavuot in Jerusalem. In Messianic Judaism, and specifically here at Tikvat David, we have an opportunity to display all three of these kingdom components. To the degree that we can build a balanced table, we will be doing our part to be a solid structure that will endure straight in the kingdom. May Hashem help us to keep all three legs balanced and in place. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to this audio message from Tikvat David Messianic Synagogue. We would love to get to meet you in person sometime at the synagogue, so come join us for Shabbat or one of the holidays. Also, you can join us in building Messianic Judaism whether you live in the Atlanta area or far away by financially contributing to our synagogue. You can learn about the options for giving under the Donate tab at tikvatdavid.org. At Tikvat David, we would love to have you stand with us as we are building a Yeshua-centered Judaism for Israel and the nations. Shalom.